if you could do me a favor, you know, if you ain't that busy, if you could throw us down a couple blessings, you know, like one that I don't mess up being a manager. Uh, we're just three cats and never played a single snap. Here to tell you how to draft when the ship and run it back. The stats ain't tell the story, this is the story of the stats. You can stick it to your friends, what's more glorious than that? We're victorious in rap, bringing wrath to our rivals. We're here to shun the stats, laugh, and lead you all the titles. Stick to the path and follow us disciples. The only sin is math, and all you need is the Bible. It's the fantasy. Bible. It's the fantasy. Bible. It's the fantasy. Hello. Hello, hello. We are on the verge, ladies and gentlemen, of football season. It's our week one preview. Welcome to the Fantasy Bible. I'm your host, Nate Binder. Here with me today, as always, is my main man, Dane. Dane, how you doing? I'm honored to be here at the beginning of our luxurious 2021 football season. I could not be happier, man. So excited that you guys are listening. You probably want some start sit advice. You're looking at your roster. You've already done your drafts. You're like, oh man, who do I start in my flex spot week one? Well, don't worry. We've got answers and plenty of them. Thank you so much for joining us yet again. Today, we're going to get through the starts. We're going to get through the sits. We're going to get through some quarterback and DST streamers. For all you who live by the seat of your pants out there, before we get into that, Dane, why don't you tell the folks where they can find us on social media? At Fantasy Bible Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and thefantasybible.com, and we will continue plugging that until everyone follows us. Yeah, you're that you're going to hear that in your sleep if you listen to these episodes because we say it the same way the same time in every, every episode <laughs> and yet the followers do not because people are listening like they're not listening in droves but they're listening and the listenership numbers do not align to the low <laughs> social media followership numbers so listen yeah pull your weight guys i mean <laughs> listen we do this we do this for free and all we ask for is attention so give it to us online all right yeah. you want to get into a mystery question before we get into this uh this preview here yeah, I'm curious to see what you got for us today. So this comes via uh, my dad, who asked me, Ooh. who you know listens to the podcast. Shout out, dad! I uh, appreciate it. He asked me to ask you, and this is fantasy relevant. Which team do you think has the lowest vaccination rate in the NFL? Ooh, that's a very good question. There are a few that pop to mind. It's Vikings, Jaguars, Colts, and Bills. I think it's probably the Colts. Like it is they're not the Colts. They're not talked about a lot, but I do listen to tons of Pat McAfee show, and they try not to talk about the vaccine. But everything I pick up is that the Colts are not vaccinated. Yeah. So I'm glad I'm right. How do you know that? Um, I don't know. I my dad told me. <laughs> oh, okay. So he, you know, my dad works with someone at the Colts. No, no, he. I, I think he read it somewhere. I don't know. They're definitely in the top five least vaccinated. I don't know if it's actually out there that they are the least vaccinated, but that's he said he saw that. And I mean, that sounds right. What I did see is their their vaccination rate went or their their unvaccinated rate went up after the cutdown. So it's yeah. their starting and star players that are unvaccinated, such as Carson Wentz, Quentin Nelson, guys like that, Zach Pascal, not exactly a star, but a starter. So uh this is this is uh this is the thing that doesn't matter until it does, you know. <laughs> it's fine, all fine and dandy until Jonathan Taylor has to miss a game or Carson Wentz has to miss a game 
or I don't know who else is fantasy relevant on the Colts. Not many players, but maybe yeah. uh, Michael Michael Pittman. Pittman yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's something to consider, I think, as we move into the season. These teams that aren't taking the vaccination thing seriously, one, you know, who wants to root for those guys anyway? But more importantly, there's going to be an availability concern. So treat them, I think, as you would treat an injury-prone player uh, is, is probably the best way to look at it. Yeah, I think you're right on there. Awesome. You ready to get into the start sit? I know it's uh, so we're recording this as all we do. Well, for the last time, we're recording this Wednesday episode on the Thursday beforehand. So we're we're actually still a week away from football. But for all you listening today, there is football tomorrow. And that is a beautiful thing. So oh, yeah, yeah, let's get into the start sit. It's football season. Who's your first? Uh, do, do, do we want to lead with our starts of the week or build to our starts of the week? Let's build to our starts of the week because they might shut it off right after we give them the start of the week. <laughs> yeah, okay. Good, good point. All right. You want to give me your first start? I do. And it's a little selfish because I do have this guy on my roster in our main league, but I think the case can be made. And he's a guy that not everyone is starting as they're running back to. But I think he is a very viable guy to start as a running back to this week because every narrative in the fantasy football community is all around Javante Williams, but he is not going to be the starter week one. It will be Melvin Gordon and they're playing the New York Giants. So that's not a cake defense. They have a perception that they're a garbage team, but their defense actually outperformed expectations last year. And I don't think it'll be because of the matchup. I just believe that Melvin Gordon will soak up every goal line carry. I believe they will be able to move down the field with Teddy Bridgewater and their offensive weapons with Cortland Sutton, with Jerry Judy, even Noah Fant playing a role there. And it will be Melvin Gordon at the goal line, even in the 10 if they're at the 10, he's getting the ball and he could score with it. So he's a guy that I think I'm very confident flexing and I will be flexing him over guys like Russell Gage over people like Marvin Jones, Jr. Uh, so all those middling wide receiver fours that you might be flexing or other running backs. I think he's a top candidate. We could be looking after week one and saying Melvin Gordon was the running back five this week. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think that's, I mean, he gets a touchdown or two. Yeah, that's, I think that's a very fair. I drafted Javante uh, Williams in one of our leagues. I'm, I don't plan on starting him week one. I was going to start Gus Edwards over him anyway. And now yeah. I definitely am with all the Edwards developments. Uh, so yeah, I, I like this take and listen, we're not going to be one of those podcasts. that's like, Ooh, start of the week. Uh, you should you should start Tyreek Hill, and you should probably you should probably sit Naheem Hines. We're not going to tell you these players that are obvious start sits. We're going to get into yeah. the depths of these rosters here, and that's why one of my starts is Marquez Callaway. All right, they're playing in Jacksonville. Saints are playing in Jacksonville. Packers are playing against them in Jacksonville. In an early September against the team, the Saints, they're used to these miserable and muggy conditions. The Packers are not. The Packers are going to be hot. They're going to be sweaty. They're going to be winded. It's going to be so miserable. And the Packers' pass defense is bad. Obviously, Darnell Savage is a savage, and Jair Alexander is one of the best corners in the league. But that is that is it for them. Eric Stokes is a rookie. We, we need to see how he comes into play. He's more of a zone threat anyway. And Kevin King was embarrassed on national TV last time we saw him. Still their cornerback two on the depth chart. Um, so Callaway, what's nice about him is he isn't enough of a threat 
that like Jair Alexander is going to follow him around the formation, but he's a viable enough player that he's going to get a lot of the targets. He got 28% of the total wide receiver yards. Uh, last time, last two games, he was on the field with the Saints. And I think we're going to see a lot more passing yardage with Jameis at, at the lead league there. So uh, yeah, Callaway is a start for me on week one. I love it. I would definitely start him if if I was considering flex wide receivers, he'd be above, like I said, Russell Gage, he'd probably be above him and Marvin Jones, even just based on, he could be the wide receiver one there. And Jameis Winston is going to throw the ball. It's going to be Alvin Kamara. And you know, after that, it, it's probably Marcus Calloway. Yeah, it's probably yeah. Marcus Calloway. Could be Traquan Smith as well, but with a guy like Jameis Winston there and they're facing a Packers team who will put up points, even though the saints have a reputable defense, they're going to have to play the game for touchdowns. And Marquez Callaway showed a clear advantage in that uh, off season and preseason work. So yeah. yeah like last I love last that. season when we were like, Oh, no one is healthy for the saints. It's going to be Trey Swift. Oh, no one is healthy for the saints. It's going to be Emmanuel Sanders. The only person that delivered on that, was Marquez Galloway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's a guy that nobody really heard about until this preseason hype. But at, yeah, like at the end of the day, the whole reason at the beginning of this podcast where I was hating on Emmanuel Sanders is because he was on the Saints. Everyone else was injured. It should have been him. In my perception, I was wrong. Guess who it was? Marquez Calloway. Nobody saw it coming. Nobody started him. They started Traquan Smith or Emmanuel Sanders, and it was neither. It was Marquez Calloway. I love the pick. Yeah, and preseason darling Deontay Harris obviously had the DUI. Um, and so, yeah, Marquez Callaway is my start. Who is your next start? All right, so it's probably not – he's a hype candidate for this offseason, but he's probably not somebody you're going to start week one unless you have to. But I think I would love to flex this guy, Antonio Brown versus the Cowboys. I want a piece of that opening game, man. Uh, yeah, I want to see Tom Brady sling it for four touchdowns, and I think – Antonio the Brown Cowboys is, pass defense. Exactly. The Cowboys drafted a lot of defensive rookies this year, but that's not going to change things overnight in week one. You think Tom Brady is not preparing for that defense? He's been preparing since April when they drafted, man. He knows what he's getting into here. So Antonio Brown, like you said on our previous podcast, he's a guy that Tom Brady trusts. He let him into his home last year. He put his neck out for Antonio Brown to get on the team with Bruce Arians and the Bucks front office. And when Antonio Brown was on the field, when he was running routes, he had a 25% target share. All in my argument there. Yeah, that's uh, uh, we both listened to the fantasy footballers. And I also heard that today. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> shout out fantasy footballers and Kyle Borgignoni, who is their stat guy who uh, introduced that, that stat, which is a percentage of targets per route run, which I think is more important than just target share or routes run. So, yeah. I, and I will say like, I'm not a, I will, I didn't used to be a big fantasy footballers guy and I'm still warming up. I don't think their, their takes are necessarily altogether that great. Um, sometimes they are, sometimes they aren't. And they do get you to think about things. And I don't want to give too much kudos to another podcast here, but man, their stats, like, like I, I've followed PFF for years and I like PFF stats, but having like fantasy in mind when you build out the stat profile, it makes those stats so much more useful. So I would definitely recommend people dig into the stats that they have to offer because they're all about putting play into context instead of just kind of listening, listing random factoids and so yeah i do not to get on a tangent there but yeah i saw that stat come out and yeah. uh, i love it yeah 
Yeah, I'm a huge fantasy footballer, Stan. I just want to cut this promo in the middle of our episode real quick. The <laughs> whole reason, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this whole reason I'm doing this podcast is so I can uh, leapfrog this into a writing career with them. So, uh, hi guys, I'm Mike, Andy, Jason. Uh, it's me. Anyways, we'll just, uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll just tag them in this one, and then we'll get there. All right. So uh, my next start, uh, I actually have two players here. It's a slash. It's okay. for whoever has these players. They can you start either one if you need to. Is this your start of the week or are you going for your second start? This is my second start. I'm building okay. the start of the week. And okay. that is uh Christian Kirk and AJ Green. Oh, I'm gonna need to hear this case because these are guys that nobody is going to start unless you convince them. So this is a purely uh situational start. And look, like I want this stuff to be like. You, you're just coming off your draft, right? So you should have like studs that you want to start because you just drafted. But if you're a team that lost someone into flex or like these are this for teams that are already limping into this, into the start, or maybe they're in a wide format. And look, the Titans pass defense was one of the worst in the league last year, and it should still be really bad. Caleb Farley, the rookie they drafted in the first round is I have hopes for Caleb Farley, but right now he's listed fourth on the depth chart and clearly needs a lot of development before he's ready to the make it to the pros. Elijah Molden, the other corner they drafted, is actually higher on the depth chart, but he's more of a slot corner, and he's also a rookie. They don't have a lot of other corners. They traded away Adore Jackson, who was one of the most capable corners on their roster. I think that if you have one of the receivers on the Cardinals that isn't Hopkins, for some reason, if you're drafting one of the, if you're rostering one of these guys, this is the week to start them to get some points before they could fade into irrelevancy. Because I think this is just going to be a, a passing showcase from Kyler Murray. And a lot of people are going to eat in this game because I don't have a lot of faith in the Titans defense. So uh, that's why I have these guys listed as situational starts. Yeah, I like that. That could be a high-scoring game. Those are definitely guys that nobody was planning to start unless they had to out of necessity. And as much as I like the take because it's pretty juicy, I love it, but I think it's going to be very hard for a lot of people to make that choice because they're fresh off their drafts and they probably have three or four receivers before those guys. And it's going to be very hard to bench a guy in the middle of those rounds. Like maybe they have a Corey Davis or maybe they have a uh, I don't even know, like a LaVisca Chenault is their wide receiver three. So it's going to be hard to bench a guy like that for those guys. But if you are playing in a three wide receiver league and a flex or two spot, like, yeah, I could see that case there. Look in our dynasty league, we have three wide receiver spots and two flex spots. Like that's a move there. Yeah. Yeah. In situation, there are situations where people have to make decisions to start these players, but I do agree. It's not going to be the majority of your fantasy leagues where that that's relevant, but we're for the deep cuts. That's what we do here. All right, Dan, give me your start of the week. All right. So my start of the week, I kind of just teased the guy. I didn't mean to, but LaVisca Chanel versus the Texans, man, the Jaguars, this could be the Jaguars best game all season. (laughs) They're, they're playing the Houston Texans who they will play again later, but they, the Texans are going to be a team you are going to be targeting all year. And you're having Trevor Lawrence showcase what he can do with a second year star wide receiver. I think he could be a star in the NFL, Leviticus Chanel, as he's known here on the podcast. Uh, 
check Leviticus 24, nine or whatever it is. I don't know. Don't check that. It's actually very irrelevant and probably a little racy for our podcast, but <laughs> I don't even know what that is, but yeah, we're not, we're just not right. I don't know what that is, but yeah, I like the, I like the start. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Leviticus Chenault, what I saw from preseason was he got three passes in a row in the red zone. Uh, I like that. And Trevor Lawrence is a guy I trust to beat the Texans to a pulp, even as a rookie quarterback, even if they're not efficient, even if they do not put 40 points on the board against a very abysmal team in the Texans. LaVisca Chenault will have eight to nine targets. He will probably get an end around because they don't have Travis at the end. He'll get a, a rushing attempt, I imagine. Like he's going to have the work. He's going to be a top 24 wide receiver this week. Yeah, I uh, I have a Texans rant for later, but I'll just kind of go on it now. Maybe rant's not the right word. Can you name one starting defensive lineman on the Texans roster? Do they have a just set starting lineup yet? <laughs> I yeah, don't yeah. even know. Yeah, well, they, I just are... went off a depth chart. But <laughs> yeah, there's there's one guy that you can probably name on the on the defensive line. And I wouldn't know who it is because I can't it's follow a, the Texans. It's Whitney Merciless. No, I do not know him. You don't know Merciless? Oh, his name. I only know him. His name his, is phenomenal. His yeah. name is amazing. Um, but yeah, he's like the only guy I recognized and their starting corners are Desmond King and Terrence Mitchell. Desmond King is like your league average starting corner. Looked really good in his early years with the chargers declined since then 70 and 65 PFF grades the past two years. And then Terrence Mar- Mitchell is just, uh, not Terrence Marshall, Terrence Mitchell, just not, not a good corner. He's just a below average journeyman corner. So not going to be any pass rush. Yeah, uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to be dealing to LaVisca. He's going to be dealing to Chark. He's going to be dealing to Jones. We'll probably have uh, one of our league mates bragging about his DJ Chark pick after this matchup uh, against the Texans. That's what I'm afraid of. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, All right. Uh, So my start of the week is Russell Gage. Um, Oh, I like it. I have him on my team. Nice. Yeah. So the Eagles have two corners, Darius Slay and Steven Nelson, who they send in the offseason. Slay and Nelson, both competent corners. Slay, uh, you know, potentially a top 10 corner. Nelson, just kind of your, your league average starting corner, which is much better than the Eagles have had in previous years. But these guys are going to be pre- preoccupied with Ridley and Kyle Pitts. Uh, and Ridley <laughs> really destroys this defense. So honestly, both of them might be preoccupied with the Ridley. The bottom line is this uh, Russell Gage is going to get a lot of slot work. We imagine, and their slot corners are Avante Maddox, who is average to below average. And Josiah Scott is the backup nickel. I liked what I saw from him from training camp. This is more of a take from knowing what the Eagles secondary looks like. And look, I think it's going to be better than last year, but I think with Arthur Smith scheming up a Matt Ryan led passing offense, there's a good chance that the Eagles do get diced up. If the Falcons offensive line can hold against what should be a strong defensive line. So I think we're going to see a lot of Russell Gage out of the gate. I think also there's a good chance that, you know, we haven't heard a lot about Kyle Pitts in the preseason. We've, we've seen, you're right. A highlight right. here or there, but there's not a, been a lot of buzz about him. Like there has been like, you know, the Elijah Moore buzz has been nonstop. The Devonta Smith buzz started up after the, the you know, some of those preseason cuts that he made, uh, you, know, you know, cuts in the route, obviously. I mean, there because preseason cuts has other connotations, <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, the, the bottom line here 
is there's like, we don't know if Pitts is going to play a huge role. And in that case, Gage might need to shoulder even heavier load going into this matchup. So yeah, Russell Gage is my start of the week for uh, folks that have him on their lineup. And like I said, I tried to go with real kind of late round picks here into who I'm confident starting week one. Yeah, I think that's probably something we should emphasize at the top of this segment where, yeah, we're trying to give you those fringe starters. Like we don't want to tell you start of the week. Yeah. Like you're saying, Kyle, like we're not going to tell like you to start, start your Ridley. studs no matter what. Yeah. Start yeah. your studs. And if you don't have studs, here are some guys you should consider. Yeah, this is usually like a flex consideration for most people listening. So, yeah, I think Russell Gage is a good guy because it serves my purpose selfishly. And I will ask you a selfish question. Would you start Russell Gage or Melvin Gordon in your flex? Um, I I am hard-pressed not to start a running back uh, in that situation. Yeah, Yeah. okay. So that's that's what I was leaning as well. But I, I also thought that Russell Gage would be a good start this week. I just probably can't do it over the presumable yeah. running back one. Listen, on a deep, yeah. you know the running back gets touches, and that's yeah. why it's very hard not to start a running back, even if their ceilings are often lower. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's get into some sits. And same thing with the sits. I'm not telling you to, like, you know, sit. Christian Kirk, you know, these are, these are big players that I tried to focus on today. Yeah. Same as well. I'll go ahead and kick it off. You should sit Josh Jacobs against the Baltimore oh, Ravens. You stole mine. Josh <laughs> Jacobs is one of my sits. Yes, absolutely. Because Josh Jacobs is a guy who relies heavily on whether the team is winning to perform. So I don't, I don't remember the entire stat. We try not to bog you down in stats, but basically in games they were winning, he had an average of about 20 fantasy points per game. And in games they were losing, he had an average of about nine. And I'm probably butchering that stat, but you can see the clear dichotomy there. He does not do well in losing game scripts against good defenses. Guess what? Baltimore Ravens are going to put up points. They're going to be in a losing game script there in the Los Angeles, or sorry, Las Vegas Raiders offense. And he will not be seeing those, uh, a lot of those passing uh, receptions because Kenyon Drake is there. They pay Kenyon Drake a lot of money. He'll be there splitting third down work at best. Josh Jacobs is not a guy I would ever start this week. He's not a horrible guy to have on your roster. I don't love him though. So it's just, this is not the week. <laughs> yeah. Like we don't know what the backfield's going to look like. And Ravens run defense is not the time to figure that out. No. Uh, Jacobs was my sit of the week. So I will uh, have to slot another player into that position but i'll talk right now about alan robinson um so alan robinson is a sit for me because look this is just something to take in consideration there are not a lot of people that are going to be sitting alan robinson but if alan robinson comes back with six points don't be surprised they're playing the rams week one he'll be paired with jalen ramsey we're going to see either andy dalton or rookie justin fields against what should be one of the best defenses in football Robinson always has a couple games where he disappears and this feels like the one uh, just for context in 2019 Ramsey held Robinson to four catches for 15 yards. And in 2020 he held him to four receptions for 70 yards. So that last one, if you're in a full PPR league, that's 11 points and you know, that's solid. But if you're in standard 
or half. That's a pretty disappointing showing from what could be your wide receiver one. So listen, I don't like to start receivers against Jalen Ramsey in a league where I have Allen Robinson. I'm not going to be sitting him because he's the best option I have. But if I had a better option, I would be starting him over Allen Robinson. And I, I don't expect Allen Robinson to win you your week this week. Okay, that's probably a better way to put it. Because, yeah, if you're drafting Alvin Allen Robinson, he's either your wide receiver one or you went wide receiver heavy in the early rounds and you have him as your wide receiver two, in which case maybe you have a wide receiver three that you can put ahead of him. So who's a guy that would be drafted around later than Allen Robinson that you might slot above him? Would it be, be like a, a Cooper Cup maybe a couple of rent picks later? Or how far would you go? Like, would you start Tyler Lockett over him? Like... Um, an Odell Beckham in a shootout with the Chiefs, perhaps. Oh, that's that's pretty juicy. So you would start Odell Beckham Jr. against the Chiefs over Allen Robinson against the Rams. Uh, it's something to consider. Oh wow. Okay, I can't recommend that, folks. But, <laughs> but if you're right, dude, the glory is all yours. <laughs> yeah. Listen, we're gonna come back, and if Odell outscores Allen Robinson week one, I want some kind of commendation. <laughs> Um, but all right. Yeah. So like, I don't know. I don't love this start sit paradigm to me. It's like good yeah, matchups, bad matchups is more of how I think about it, but, uh, yeah. yeah. Who, who's your next sit? So it's pretty clear sit to me. It's Deandre Swift versus the 49ers. Oh, if he's even playing. Yeah, correct. So that's what I wanted to get into first. Like he's probably your running back two, maybe your running back one. And He's a guy you might feel that you have to start if he's active and healthy, but that's what I'm cautioning you against. Uh, Dan Campbell, the head coach there in Detroit, has said that he's not sure if DeAndre Swift will even play week one, and he's also not sure how much of a workload he could really muster if he is healthy enough to play week one. So if you see that active designation 90 minutes before you set your lineup for your Sunday night slot, like... I just can't recommend that you'd start him. I, I'd try to find a better option. Like I would start Melvin Gordon, who was a six round ADP guy over DeAndre Swift immediately, because just, I don't think he's going to get a full workload, even if he does play. And let's talk about the 49ers. Defense. <laughs> yeah. 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 Let's They're very that. good. Yeah. And the Detroit lions offense is not going to be very good at best. Well, I think they scored three touchdowns at best. And you know where the, the 49ers defense may be best is that linebacker. And you know who matches up against linebackers in passing situations? Running backs. So it's like Fred Warner is going to be able to handle DeAndre Swift no matter how good DeAndre Swift is. Yeah, I would – I would. It, it seems like a bait pick. Like you feel like you have to start him because he's your – you know, your early round draft capital guy, but I, I don't think he'll finish in the top 24 running backs, even if he plays potentially not top 36, just based on that injury lingering, that groin injury. Yeah. All right. So I, uh, I like that a lot. If he, if he plays, I'm not excited about that. Uh, so Josh Jacobs was my set of the week. So the only guy I got left here is Nelson Aguilar. Um, who, you know, someone that may, people may be considering starting in a flex role because he could be the wide receiver one on that offense between him and Jacoby Myers, uh, you know, or they could both be relevant. Look, Nelson Aguilar seems to be more of a, a deep ball guy, uh, or at least that's the role they want him to play, where Jacoby Myers is more of a, not a possession receiver, but, you know, he's going to move the chains a little bit more. So the bottom line here is, 
I'm kind of fading all Patriots week one. Nelson Aguilar is the one I chose because I think, you know, some people are going to be pressed into starting Damian Harris, but I just don't know if I like Mac Jones testing out his abilities against like the best defense in the AFC East, which is the Dolphins. Um, they're they're going to be especially an elite pass defense with Xavier Howard and Brian Jones and or is it Byron Jones? I can't remember. Byron Jones. Yeah. yeah. Um, either way, it's going to be a rough one for the Pats. They're playing in New England, which is a lot better than playing in Miami for them. But uh, I don't think Aggie can hang with the Dolphins' best cornerbacks. So this wasn't meant to be my final guy here. It was meant to be Josh Jacobs. But Nelson Aguilar is someone that I toss into the rink of uh, not planning on starting this week. Yeah, I think despite me sniping your Josh Jacobs pick, he can still be your flagship sit of the week. Like, he was close for me. Um, So I think it's fine if we have overlap. That just kind of reaffirms what we're thinking here. Probably gives people a little more confidence that they should be looking elsewhere from Josh Jacobs. And I will say, as a Patriots fan, the Patriots will have a better defense than the Dolphins this year. Because I think a lot of people are counting them out after last year. They had all these opt-outs, man. So, uh, you know, that's not fantasy relevant. That's just a homer, you know, talking talking stuff to uh, a Philadelphia Eagles fan. So I just think the Dolphins have more, like, actual talent on the roster. Like, right. Stephon Gilmore is not getting any younger. Yeah, he's not even playing right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. We'll see. But my sit of the week could come to a shock to some people who are planning on starting this guy. In their quarterback slot, it is Justin Herbert versus versus the Washington football team. Interesting. I I am very terrified of the Washington football team's defense. (laughs) As you should be. (laughs) Yeah. I think they could be the number one defense on the year. And on a weekly basis, they will show up. Justin Herbert is a guy that showed phenomenal talent in his rookie season. 31 touchdowns, breaking records. I love the guy as a quarterback. If I was a Chargers fan, I would be buying his jersey yesterday. But... I think what we've seen from the Washington football team's defense, their ability to control the clock, their ability to run the ball, they should have a better guy at the helm with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I just don't think Justin Herbert will have enough opportunities to score. I just, even if he has 45 passing attempts, he's probably not looking at more than two touchdowns passing. And I wouldn't, I I just don't think it's the week you should start him. You might not have a better option, but if you do have a bench quarterback, maybe you have a Matt Ryan. Or I was just about to say, would you start Matt Ryan? Because I would over. Yeah, a- absolutely. Yeah. And it feels weird. Like uh, our friend Jacob, who's been on the podcast as a guest, if you guys have seen him, he was asking us earlier in the week, uh, should I start Justin Herbert or Jalen Hurts? And my immediate reaction was Jalen Hurts. He Jalen has the Hurts, rushing yeah. floor. He's not going to completely bust. But they're playing the Falcons, who are a bad defense. You know, it could be a high yeah. scoring game. Exactly. And Justin Herbert, his floor is very low this game. So I think people need to be aware he could put up eight points and you're going to panic. Look, I was, people were mocking me for saying it when we went to the cabin, but there is a lot of anticipated regression from Justin Herbert last year based on how he performed in situations that are hard to sustain on like third down uh, conversions and stuff like that. So, you know, you have to look at guys like uh, Baker Mayfield who broke the rookie record and then, had a sophomore slump that could happen with Justin Herbert. Uh, I am a Justin Herbert believer. I think he's going to have a solid season. I think it's a good team, but I don't, you know, I think there are concerns there. I don't think he has quite the ceiling that people are anticipating his second year in the league. Yeah. I think his ceiling week one is quarterback 12. So that that's kind of says what you should be looking at. If you have a better option than that. 
Would you start Trevor Lawrence over Justin Herbert? Uh, absolutely, I would, yeah. And that okay. feels like blasphemy. Like, I don't like saying that. I think Justin Herbert is a phenomenal talent in the NFL. We're going to be – he's going to be a pleasure to watch for the next 10, 15 years, man. I can't wait for it. But Yeah, absolutely. This is not the fantasy matchup to start him. So don't don't feel like you have to buy into that. Okay. Um, well, the reason I asked that, because I thought we could transition. Wait, do you have a start of the week? You would have, or set of the week? Or no, that it, was, just... it was Justin Herbert. Okay. Yeah. So, so that transitions us nicely into QB streamers. The first of which for me is kind of a start slash QB streamer, depending on the size of your league. And that is Trevor Lawrence. There, You might be in a league where you're in an eight man, you're in a 10 man league. Trevor Lawrence doesn't get picked up makes sense you know maybe you're in a rookie averse league maybe you're in a jags averse league both those <laughs> things make sense uh but if trevor trevor lawrence for some reason is on your waiver wire for week one and you're not sure who to start a quarterback make it trevor lawrence uh we talked about the houston texans earlier in this episode i don't think we need to go on much more depth but there are going to be like the jets or the jags or the eagles of years past where you can expect great numbers from whoever is going up against them. So uh, yeah, start Trevor Lawrence, uh, stream Trevor Lawrence. If that's the situation you're in, I'm, I think uh, like what I'm interested in is maybe drafting Trevor Lawrence as, as a late round look rookie as my second quarterback, watching him go off against the Texans and then trying to flip him to another team, because I think he's just going to have an incredible week one, but I don't think he's going to have like a, record-breaking season he's not on a good team so yeah he was top of my list for quarterback streamers as well all the points you made are very accurate like you said this this could be his best week of the season and i think he'll have great games on the season i think he'll have bad games just based on until he plays the texans again yeah (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) yeah so definitely a guy if you're streaming and he's on the waiver wire i would start him over like we said justin herbert who you might have may have drafted him as your as the quarterback seven off the board but Trevor Lawrence, if he's sitting there, I would start him above him. Nice. All right. Who's your who's your first QB streamer? It would have been Trevor Lawrence, but that's fine. I'm glad to agree there. And I would probably take Ben Roethlisberger versus the Bills, man. So the Bills had a reputation of a great defense, did not show it last year. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't as good as people wanted it to be, yeah. Right. So I don't think we need to fear the Bills defense this year. They're probably a middling defense, and that's fine they'll win games because they have a high octane offense. And that's why Ben Roethlisberger will have to throw the ball and put up points. The bills are not going to go down easy. The Steelers do have a good defense, but that is not going to stop, stop Josh Allen and the weapons on that offense. So the Ben Roethlisberger is going to have to throw the ball just as much as we saw last year. I don't think they'll start the game like that. I think they'll try to establish the run with uh, my favorite rookie Najee Harris, but I ultimately think they won't have a choice. They're going to have to pass the ball a lot. Ben Roethlisberger will have two to three touchdowns and he might have an interception or two, but he's going to have the yardage trying to keep up with that Josh Allen led offense. And he's going to be a a solid, solid streamer, probably quarterback 14 on the week. Yeah. I like it. And it's really funny. The almost instantaneous switch of the bills from like mediocre to bad offense and incredible defense to mediocre defense and incredible offense. Like, literally overnight and that's hard to get out of people's heads because for years you can rely on the bills to be a a solid defense all right uh my next streamer is kirk cousins don't like kirk cousins as a player don't like kirk cousins as a person Uh, (laughs) but kirk cousins uh if he can make it out of his plexiglass bubble to start the season uh they will be playing the Bengals who, while they have a little bit more talent on their depth chart than the Texans, it's not great. 
Got some decent edges in Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson. Should bring a little pass rush juice, but the bottom line here is this is going to be a bad defense. Trey Waynes is their best corner. They've got Eli Apple on this depth chart. I didn't even know Eli Apple. I guess it makes sense he's still in the league, but you know, it's it's not a good depth chart. It's not a good defense. And here's the thing. Kirk Cousins finishes as a top 12 quarterback in 56% of his starts. So if he's going to put up top 12 numbers in half of his games, this is going to be one of those games. So yeah, stream keep Kirk Cousins. I fully agree. He was on my list. He was my backup in case we overlapped, which we already did with Trevor Lawrence, but I was fine with doubling up there. And Kirk Cousins is definitely a streamer I'd be looking at. He's probably the last of the best streamers that you can find on almost every league you're in. Nobody's going to be drafting Kirk Cousins because it's, you know, he's not sexy. He doesn't have the sex appeal. It doesn't have the flex appeal. It doesn't have the stream steam. You know what I'm saying? He's like a stats robot. Like he's there to put up 4,000 yards, 28 touchdowns and 11 interceptions and lose in the wild card round that's what Kirk Cousins <laughs> oh poor poor vikings fans <laughs> uh, i totally agree um good quarterback round up there i will take the helm here for the defenses because i don't want you to steal my <laughs> steal my defense i think you might <laughs> we definitely have the same at least one of the same defenses yeah this is going to be the panthers, versus, panthers the jets. versus the jets yeah yeah they're my stream of the week for defense absolutely they won't be drafted in most leagues and they shouldn't be because they won't be consistent on the year, but the jets are traditionally not a great team in the past three, four years. And despite everything we've heard great about Zach Wilson, he's still a rookie. He will have some growing pains. The Panthers will be able to take some advantage of that, whether it's the offensive line on the jets, whether it's just Zach Wilson trying to force a throw just based on being a rookie, like, you know, you can have a great training camp and it could mean nothing. Zach Wilson could still be a bust. He might be the next Sam Darnold on the Jets. I hope not for all you abysmal Jets fans out there. I hope the best for you guys. Man. I don't think so. I think Zach Wilson looks really good. <laughs> I, I do think he does, but I, yeah. but there still does exist the possibility. So as a rookie in his first game against the Panthers, I think the Panthers are a fine start. Even if they, even if the Jets play well, the Panthers will have some sacks, an interception or so. And the Jets are not going to run up the score on them. So they're a safe play. Yeah, look, a really good rookie should still be throwing interceptions. Um, And the Panthers' pass rush is juiced up. Like Brian Burns, I love Brian Burns. Low-key, if you want to bet Brian Burns, defensive rookie of the year, or defensive rookie, defensive player of the year, you can get great odds. And there's a good chance that Brian Burns notches like 16 sacks this year. Uh, Because they added Hassan Reddick, who had a great year last year. And should bring a even more juice and a second pass rush threat to this line. And sacks are sort of the when you're streaming defenses, sacks are the bread and butter that you're looking for because turnovers are a fluky metric, but sacks and pressures, those are a consistent metric. And the Panthers were known for not generating sacks last year, but I think they're going to be a lot better at that this year. And plus they bring in, you know, uh, JC Horns who could contribute to some coverage sacks. So yeah, just to sort of strengthen your take there. Uh, my next one is Seahawks against the Colts. Ooh, good pick. I wasn't even looking at them, but that's actually a very good idea. Yeah, so Seahawks should definitely be on the waiver because their defense was terrible last year. Uh, I think like the worst pass defense in the league or one of them. Um, That said, there's a chance they're playing against Jacob Eason in this matchup. I think we saw that Carson Wentz was activated today. Yeah. Actually, that was last. Well, if you're listening, he was activated last week. So there'll be more clarity 
about that situation as you're listening to this podcast. But listen, I still think the Colts are going to be bad. And I think the Seahawks are going to be better. I think, you know, we're going to see what Jamal Adams can do off his big contract. We're going to see if Pete Carroll can innovate his defense a little bit and get the production out of it that we're used to seeing. And listen, like there's this idea that Carson Wentz on the Colts is going to be good. If like, just imagine that, you know, that the worst ranked quarterback in the league last year is starting. Why not stream against that quarterback? Like, yeah. So I have the uh, Seahawks against the Colts as, as a streamer. Traditionally good defense against an offense that should not be great. Has no one to throw to. T.Y. Hilton just went on IR. Uh, Michael Pittman is an attractive candidate, but we don't, he's an unknown at this point. So, yeah, I, uh, I think the Colts, there's a lot of bad juju about around the Colts. And as we said in our mystery question, one of, if not the least vaccinated team in the league. I love that take, dude. It's nothing that I was thinking about at all, but I think it's important to highlight those kind of matchups because they will be on the waiver wire. And if you're in a pinch, if you're in a deep league, if you're in some league where people are so sadistic or sorry, masochistic enough to where they're rostering two defenses and you're just (laughs) scraping by, the Seahawks are probably a great play here. And yeah, I, I, Carson Wentz, even if he plays, he would be the, he'd probably be the best quarterback, even if he's 70% on that roster. Jacob Eason is not a, you know, a world beater there. So he's coming off of foot surgery. Like he's not going to be as mobile as he was, even if he's playing, uh, he's not going to be hundred percent. He doesn't have star studded wide receivers to throw to. They're going to try to control that ball through the ground game as much as they can. And, and the Seahawks will know that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. The uh, Seahawks traditionally a team emphasizing defensive mind with uh, Pete Carroll there. So, yeah, that's a great pick, dude. I love it. Thanks. Who else you got? Uh, other than what we've already said, I did, we did have yours already. Sorry. Kind of like tangentially through our other picks, like, uh, a couple of the quarterbacks we talked about. I have the Jaguars versus the Texans just because the Texans will give up some sacks. We'll Ooh, I don't know some... if I like that, dude. Well, that's fine. Uh, I'm just, it's deep. It's not something it's I deep. wanted to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also just the, the Jags could be just as bad. Correct. It could be a shootout just based on glass defenses that are just getting exploded. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I would much rather take the Vikings versus the Bengals. Vikings did not have a great defensive showing last year, but traditionally... They have been a good defense, and I think their coaching will kind of bridge that gap that we saw their fall off last year. And the Bengals, uh, sheepish Joe Burrow coming off of intense surgery there, a not-so-panning-out Jamar Chase. I think they'll have a decent game for their own offense, but I think they'll make enough mistakes to where the Vikings will capitalize, and it won't be a, won't be a bad performance from them. They'll probably put up 10 points for your defense. Shil Kapadia of The Athletic has the Vikings as his number one ranked defense going into the year. Yeah, that guy's a tool. <laughs> but <laughs> you also, know who Shil Kapadia is? No, but I, I saw somebody else post that take saying, like, it was like a Vikings fan, like, saying, I don't know how much I believe that, but uh, I like it. <laughs> yeah, listen, I love Shil. I think he's he's great. I, I opened that article and I was like, is this starting at the bottom? Like, yeah. I was so confused because like the Rams are like the next one on his list and it's just so disorienting. But Vikings historically have been a great defense. So I can see the argument. I would never rank them number one, but yeah. Yeah, in his defense, defenses are probably the least predictable thing year to year. So it could happen. Yeah, we'll see. All right, next week. 
going to be a week one recap. We're going to be talking about some actual football instead of just projection and speculation and opinionated nonsense. We're going to be recapping things that happened. (laughs) I love it, man. Yeah. Next time you hear from us, you'll be 16 games into the season already from all these teams, man. We'll be talking about top waiver wire ads based on anyone breaking out that we didn't already cover in this off season, top players to drop. Maybe that's Brian Edwards. What if he doesn't get it even? Brian Edwards is a week one drop for me if he does not perform. Yeah, I that's think they exactly. said that on the Footnote Fantasy Footballers, but I was like already thinking that when they said it. Yeah, yeah. there's plenty of players on the end of your bench that will be telling you to drop in way to make for these waiver wire ads we'll be talking about. I cannot wait to see some live football, man. Preseason is fun and all, but it, but it ain't it. It ain't it. <laughs> Listen, real quick, Dane. I've been high on Josh Palmer since April when I was doing mock drafts for the Eagles because oh. I wanted them to take Josh Palmer. Yeah. And so that's why he's one of my dynasty targets, just great measurables, great ability. Yeah. And it was just so funny that like the fantasy footballers talk about Josh Palmer. Yeah. And then the next morning I get a text from you asking to trade <laughs> for Josh Palmer. I'm like, this guy, so this the guy thing should is, have done his research. So, yeah, probably. But also the thing is I already, I had a, a text written up, two weeks ago trying to pitch a Josh Palmer trade, but I was like, eh, maybe not. And then I heard it again <laughs> two weeks later on the fantasy footballers. And I was like, all right, now's the time. <laughs> Cause yeah. I won't get, I won't be able to get him next year. Cause Mike Williams will probably not be there or maybe Keenan Allen retires. Like, I don't know, man, he's, I want a guy tied to Justin Herbert for five years. Like, like yeah, my entire strategy for dynasty is by running backs. Well, I bought some of my receivers, but like, and then like, try and get every low-key rookie wide receiver that could potentially pan out to something. So like Nico Collins, Deami Brown, Josh Palmer, Cornell Powell. Like I, I'm just like, yeah. I have, I, like one of those guys is bound to pan out for me. And then <laughs> a bunch of the others I'll probably hold on to way too long. But yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I have taken the complete opposite approach. I'm already selling out for a, <laughs> an inaugural season win. We'll see if it pans yeah. out. The thing is, I feel like you are a guaranteed uh, championship team if without injury. Like it, it, it seems yeah. like it should definitely be you and Brandon, especially like Brandon's team is especially absurd. Yeah. If you looked at his team and you were thinking from a redraft mindset, you'd be like, this guy hacked the system. <laughs> yeah. Just so you know, like what we let happen. This guy has Alvin, no, uh, yeah, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, and Aaron Jones as his starting running backs. And then I think his receivers are like Julio and Adam Thielen or something like that. Yeah, he has all like the veterans who are all proven, like top 24 floor at their position. People that will be retired in two years at at all the other positions, but yeah. People that will definitely help him win a championship this year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm coming for you, Brandon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's gonna be an exciting season. I've been trying to engineer a massive trade in that league to move into that win now tier, but it's uh do you want so to far, tease anything that you were going to work on there? Well, I I packaged multiple first round picks and players to try oh. and uh, acquire uh, uh, Chris Godwin and Darren Waller uh, in, in one uh-huh. one fell swoop. But I don't think it's going to happen, so I'm comfortable talking about it. Um, there's another player in our league 
where we're in similar situations where we don't know if we're building for the future or building for right now. And I was like, well, listen, listen, this takes us in two clear directions. This takes you towards the future and takes me towards right now. But I, <laughs> I, uh, I couldn't get it done because obviously right now is way more satisfying than the future. I like it. Darren Waller is a guy I was targeting heavily. As soon as we drafted, I was like, oh man, I should have drafted him. So I tried so hard to get him. Nothing panned out. I offered first round pick plus a guy didn't work out. And then my major trade for George Kittle last or this week. Uh, so I feel pretty good about that. George Kittle, 25 years old. Feel great about that. No, great, great move by you. Uh, and you got a first round pick somehow that you didn't have, like you recouped the first yeah. round pick and first round picks matter a lot in dynasty so yeah it's uh if like you know our recent draft with the our redraft league not to get into too much personal stuff but i felt personally that was one of my cleanest most perfect drafts that i've ever done from a, like a decision making standpoint whereas if i could go back and redo our auction league i would do it a million times yeah i would do i would get a solid running back too and say i don't care about my bench because i i spent like nine dollars on chase Edmonds, and that should not have happened <laughs> yeah you're nine that nine dollars plus like all the other bench money could have been like david montgomery and then you yeah. could have just filled it up with like dollar bets or something like that yeah that's exactly what i should have done but i do feel pretty good about it but yeah yeah you should all right well, uh, while we get out of here why don't you tell the people where they can find us on social media at fantasy bible pod on facebook instagram and twitter follow us uh find us on our website at the all right Thanks, folks. We'll be back next week. Enjoy the football.